And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The following program is made possible with the assistance of a grant from SNH Green Stamps. Buff Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. Oh. Uh. We could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling. You don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the sauce drain out. And then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it inside. There. About two or three minutes, if you have it in the ice box, you can heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then, and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now this is ready to serve. Right now. Hi, and welcome to Eat It, a show about food. I am Maury Amsterdam, and I am here with Dutch foodie Bitterballen. Did and I say oh, that right? Bitterball, yeah, but you have to shove a bunch of balls in your mouth, and it sounds more like Bitterballen. Wow, is that like eating a bag good. of dicks? Yeah, yeah, you you were very you were very good. It's it, it's good to be back. I mean, let's 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 uh, we we started we, out with eating a bag of dicks and a mouthful of balls, yeah. and and you know, and that'll keep you off the air for about four or five months. But you know, things happen, and and work gets in the way. And I'm going to uh, to be the first to disclose uh, the reason why I wasn't here. Um, uh, many of you, none of you know that my parents actually both were killed in a tragic Mr. Softy um, brain freeze uh, accident You just uh, when I was a child, you know, and um, so uh, to avenge them, you know, I've been pretty much wandering the world trying to uh, find the uh, Mr. Softy man and learn the ways of, of uh, food from all over the uh, the world, and I've just been not vengeance. <laughs> yeah, and, and vengeance too. It's not, blood the Jedi, it's not the Jedi way, but 
but it is okay. there is vengeance. I'm, I think of myself as more of a uh, culinary Batman, where I will return and uh, make sure people put their their I think spoons you're te- and forks. Technically, not officially a Jedi, so I think you can get away with a God little vengeance here it. and there. Yeah, yeah. I could be. A, what you at the as the Dutch say, I could be a Jedi, but that sounds like a, a Yeti. So no, but yeah, that's where I've been wandering the world, you know, training, um, and uh, coming. I'm back now, and and we're back, and uh, the world is exactly the same as it was when we left. But so you know, it's it's good to be back though. I I've, I've missed our little our little parlays, and uh, this is the first of what will maybe be once in a while a different uh type of show it, how would you call this a a travelogue yeah a travelogue sure yeah a travelogue show um and uh for our first culinary travelogue we are going to do amsterdam the netherlands yep. well Holland. just 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 a little no, peek no. behind the scenes where Bitterballen and I are both yeah. es- as essential workers. And, you know, during during the COVID times, we've been in high demand. So we've been oh, haven't absolutely. been able to do a show. But, you know, you are your 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 essential work. Fortunately for you or or however, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> your yeah, essential well, work is 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 another whole story in itself. But. It get it gets you it gets you around the world, including around. the one including that. Would you say that like besides out it, it, as far as legal, eat it and beat it goes, that the Amsterdam is probably probably if not the greatest eat it and beat it city. But in, uh, gotta be in oh, the top five, right? Absolutely, it, it, it is definitely an eat. A lot of the other great beat it, beat it parts of the cities of the world, the beat it part of it is kind of sketchy. Whereas yeah, in like Amsterdam, it's where they just where they beat you with a with a with a chair yeah, or something. They, that, yeah, they beat yeah, you over the head. Literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, Japan, where if you you're too busy, you know, China, you're too busy working. And if you touch your dick, they're just going to kill you. There's no time for that. But no, no. Um, Amsterdam backslash the Netherlands, Holland, they, they prefer to be called um, the Netherlands, even though, uh, you know, it, it doesn't encompass um, Holland. And they, they're, they, the Dutch, but, but it is a, an incredible place. I've ever since the Cheech and Chong movie, what was the one where they ran around the world and, and they ordered, they were in Amsterdam and they ordered, and uh, Chong. It was one of the, the later ones, yeah. yeah. He ordered the fungus mungus and it turned out to be like, that restaurant turned out to be an entire plate of just a pot of salad, you know, which is nothing further than, it's not the way they eat it, but, but the Netherlands is an incredible place. Uh, for you know you can you hear about Amsterdam it's always a place you hear about it it's but you never experience it unless you know pulp fiction where you hear about the the uh royale with cheese and and that perked my interest I never dreamed that I would be spending two months working there and uh and yeah it was a big deal because it was sort of a a a pot and prostitute stop for you know 
the rest of the world and it was always infamous you know with like when i was growing up reading high times magazine it was like that was where like all the you know they would have the cannabis competitions and the judges from around the world could go to amsterdam where they could do it legally or or it was tolerated or whatever you know and so amsterdam was just like Ooh, it's like this little pocket of of anything goes freedom, which it sort of really isn't. But that's no, that was it, that was the picture, my picture of it growing up from hearing from people and the few people that I knew that visited it, you know, in a very touristy capacity. I'm sure. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful city. I mean, uh, and and it is a literal melting pot of food. Surprisingly, I when. I first got to the hotel, I usually asked the concierge, so tell me, what, what should I be eating here in Amsterdam, in, in, uh, you know, in the Netherlands, in, in, in Amsterdam, the hotel's in Amsterdam. He looks at me and he goes, eh, what do you mean? He goes, eh, the food, you know, you really want to come in the winter time, we've got better food, you know. There is really, Dutch food is, is not all that famous there it's right there there's no uh, major dutch food that you can say oh like cassoulet is french and uh, and it, no there there isn't but what they have is a melding of food from from all of the influences that the netherlands have had i mean they were a, a great power at one time and and the food is is really really good if you know where to go you need to stay away from a lot of the tourist traps and and i did well from my tour i've watched a few like guided videos through Mm -hmm. through amsterdam and i should have written down the name of it but supposedly there's an asian restaurant there that has some of the best asian food in the world Malaysian food is is very very popular over there, and it is some of the best uh, food, uh, foods. And you can go down the street, any street uh, around the hotel, and I found there's Portuguese restaurants, there's Thai restaurants. It's very, it's almost New York, but there's beautiful canals. And well, it's it's Moss Island. I have it's, yeah. a little bit of everything there. <laughs> You'll never see. How, how, what did I can only say? You'll never see uh, Vill- villainy, scum, and oh, that's for our next part of the of the uh, of the show. But yeah, that, but yeah. yeah, you you uh, you can taste. It's nice that they don't have like a hundred thousand things you have to taste. I I did the research and I saw what I needed to eat, and what I needed to try, and I tried it and. Uh, the the first thing that that I think that we need to talk about is frites, French fries. Um, they are crazy. Hot or patat? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just just your your. They're not French fries like they're well. They're French fries like we have, but on every corner they have a spectacular. Even the most touristy French fry stand is is better than anything i've had here i could actually i think one of the days i was there i made an entire meal a dinner just out of eating these these french fries because they are incredible they're not they're not they're this humble wonderful food and they're not slim 
like uh, like American French fries. I mean, they're bold and strong and chunky, and and they're not served in a little pussy container. They're they're put in this cardboard cone, and and they have these little forks that look like hors d'oeuvre forks that, that you that you pick your your French fry out. And and of course, you know, the first thing that I wanted to do when I got home was try and make these things. And now, you know, as well as I know, we've spoken about French fries before. And in order to make a good French fry, they need to be double fried. Right. That's that's the secret. Now, we don't really do that here. Especially big, big, chunky ones, especially. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, no one gives a shit here in this country about double frying. I, I have tried and tried and I've come close to making really good fries. And I was wondering why. So I had to go into it deeper and i found out it's the potato that they use in amsterdam or in in the netherlands the potato is called a uh b-i-n-t-j-e binge i guess it's called and it's it's similar it, it i guess the closest thing that you can find is a yukon gold but it's not a yukon gold uh, these are these potatoes. They're, they're firm, golden, mild tasting, and and they tend to they're nice and crispy on the outside. And and in North America, the closest, more compatible one is a Yukon Gold, but it's still not the same. Uh, they and and not even our fast food restaurants don't even use Yukon Golds. They use cheaper russet potatoes, and they're good for baking or mashing, but. They're not terrific yeah. for fries, you know. They're gonna get limp on you, greasy, and and soggy, and uh, taste too starchy. But what they do is is they take these wonderful potatoes, and they cut them to you know about a centimeter in thickness, and that seems to be the perfect sweet spot, okay? And they rinse them. Very important. They rinse them, and let them soak to get that starch out of them. They're not a waxy potato. Uh, there, think, think, uh, Yukon Gold with maybe a little bit of a, of a, a red potato, you know? I, uh-huh. I thought about smuggling some in, in the country, but I would have put them, like, down my underwear to make it look like I had these huge balls, and no one would have said anything. But I decided two wasn't You might have got quarantined, actually. Yeah, yeah. two wasn't going to be enough to make a decent, uh, but I did see them at the grocery store there, because that's all they eat. Uh, but they, they wind up. Uh, washing them really well and the key is drying them and this will work if you're at home and you want to try it with with um with yukon golds you can probably get a proper uh tasting potato you have to dry them really good and then you're and here's a i went down the uh the what they fried them in over there now traditionally and this is going back a ways the best French fries, and I remember I had heard this before. What uh, throw it out? What do you think that the best oil or the best lard would be to fry a French fry in? You're Don't they say gonna... beef, beef tallow? Isn't that what they say? Like yes, yes. But do you know what? It used to be a blend of horse and beef fat. Ooh. <laughs> I know, I know. But but think about it. Uh, hundred years ago, or or you know, there was a lot more horses around than there are now, 
And when you and when a horse has to uh, when a horse dies, you got to do something with the horse, right? So they're not so too different they, than a cow. They're sort of like a cow yeah, mixed with a dog, and I hear yeah, dogs pretty you, good. You to, yeah, you had to do something with the horse. So there was a lot more horse fat around than there is now, and they would render this out and mix it with beef, and you would get a a uh, a fat that they say was like incredible now horse fat is tougher to find these days but some places still use horse fat with a mixture of beef but a lot of places are going ahead and they're using um vegetable oils now with mixed with a little bit of beef fat so that's one of the if you can ever find any beef tallow or beef fat mix it with a little bit of vegetable oil i have not done that yet but uh, that's one of the secrets and they fry them for about five minutes and then they let them sit they, up on top of this ledge next to the fryer. And they'll sit there all day long until you order some. And then they'll throw them in the fryer for about five minutes or so. And it produces a French fry that is incredible. And, and you know, and it's, it's the best thing you've ever tasted. I mean, it, I, the French fries are a must. Now, I'm a French fry fan. I, I, I would assume that, that you probably love a good French fry as well. Yeah. A good steak, a good steak fry or something, you know. Uh, and they don't, they never freeze their potatoes like we do. They're always cut, and they don't cut them, surprisingly, they don't cut them by hand. You would think, oh, let's cut these potatoes by hand to make it beautiful. They use a machine, but the machine is, uh, it cuts them to the right size. I always tried to cut them. My friend Mark has a wonderful potato cutter that that makes beautiful French fries. His would be perfect. It's an expensive little piece of equipment for someone that uh that doesn't do potatoes very much. But but yeah, it, they're delicious. So if you ever get there, that was one of my favorite foods over there in Amsterdam. But the 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 thing about it is is that you really have to know what kind of toppings you want to put on them because. You're very intimidated. That was my next question. I'm like, yeah. surely they don't they don't slop ketchup no. on them. I I'm going to give you a list. You walk up now. There is a place. The most popular one of the most popular places is called Man uh, Manic Manic Okay, I I'm going to have trouble pronouncing these words because they're, they're silly. But okay. <laughs> But it's there's always a huge line, and I said, "Fuck it, you can go to these other places that are smaller. You're gonna get good fries." But this is supposed to be the quintessential place in Amsterdam to go there. So it's called M A N N E K N P I S. And I waited in line, and it wasn't. It's not unlike the Seinfeld soup Nazi. You really have to know what you what how to order it. They speak English, but there are literally. There's a sign up above that has all of these toppings. Okay, and uh, it, I want to give you the names of the toppings. You tell me if you would eat them or not. Okay. Okay. Now, I know you like you like what you like. Okay. So, uh, but okay, here's. Now, I, I have a the, feeling some of them are going to be some sort of pickled fish. I just know that uh, for no, sure. No, that's 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 later. Now the most yeah. popular <laughs> topping is mayonnaise. Let me tell you something. The mayonnaise tastes nothing like mayonnaise here. Okay. It's terrific. It's a, it's a wonderful. So much so that I even bought some mayonnaise back with me uh, for French fries because <laughs> you know I like mayonnaise on my fries. I'm not, and it was even before I went to Amsterdam. 
I, I, it's just very Canadian oh, of you. I, I know a little mayonnaise and a squirt of ketchup on each side, and a little swirl there. I like. Okay, look. Okay, how about this? Mustard. Yes or no? Sure, I could do it. Okay. I could do not it, especially that. like spicy mustard. You know, according to the uh, the list here, not that popular, but it makes it on the list. Okay. Mustard mayonnaise would probably be better. Yeah, samurai Must sauce. Mustardeo. Samarusa, uh, samarusas, samurai sauce, spicy sambal, and mayonnaise are mixed and give a hell of a cool name. Now, sambal is a spicy uh, sauce that's used in uh, Asian cooking. Okay, that I could go with, you know. But mm -hmm. I don't think you're into spicy that much. Maybe at the time. No, I, I could do that. I could yeah. do that. Okay, Andalusia sauce. Hailing from Belgium, a sauce of mayonnaise, tomato paste, and capsaicin. That's pure chili. Pure chili. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. yeah the. That'd be my least favorite because tomato paste isn't ketchup. Now, the next one is a garlic sauce. It says banned on date nights if you want to get lucky. Barbecue sauce. And then they, the Dutch mayonnaise is actually called fry sauce. That That's the mayonnaise, okay? Ketchup. Tartar sauce. Delicious on fries. I had it. Delicious. Jopi sauce. Now, it, it's usually a secret recipe at every place, but it's a mix of onions, curry powder, mixed together, and it was named after a famous worker somewhere named Jopi. Onions and curry powder mixed together. And I don't know if you're a curry fan, but Yeah, no, that that actually that's the most that sounds the most interesting of all of them yeah. so far. Uh green pepper sauce. Sauce with green pepper. That's all. That's what it says. And then there's Flanders mayonnaise. Mayonnaise with a small amount of lemon and vinegar, but it has a kick. More so than normal vinegar. And the most popular sauce that you can eat over there is a curry. The Holy Grail on fries. Highly recommended, they say. And you can get cocktail sauce. Mayo mixed with ketchup or Worcestershire sauce. And then you were right. The Piccadilly is a pickled sauce. Garlic, capsaicin, and cauliflower pickled in vinegar. And what I like to do is I like to just get a curry ketchup and a shot of that mustard. You can get two different types of sauce on each side of these fries. And man, they are delicious. <laughs> delicious. So that's the first on the list of of uh of food that you have to try. Uh now are are you a cheese fan? I seem to remember Yeah, oh, yeah, I was actually stinky cheese. I was very surprised that there were any cheese toppings, and now I'm thinking maybe you and I have to go there disguised as Canadians and oh. open up a poutine stand making poutine on top of their fries. Have you ever had poutine? Yeah. I've never. It's one thing that I've never had. We have a we have a poutine food truck around here that's that's uh, 
Their fries are really good. They're homemade fries, but the their gravy they make a real good, real great, real gravy. gravy. It's not it's not brown out of a bag. Yeah, no, their their poutine's fairly expensive, even from the food truck. Cheese curds, is it not, or is it? Yes, it's it's just basically you know you would have fries with cheese curds on top of them, then you dump the 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 uh, great, and they also serve it in a cardboard cone. Oh, and you nice. put fries in it, and then you just sort of pack the cheese curd around the fries, and then pour, well, drizzle the the um, gravy on it, and it melts the cheese. The cheese curd sort of melts down around the fries. Okay, you know, when I come back. First thing we're going is we're going to get another garbage plate. You can take in every diner in Canada, every diner in Canada was you could get. You know, like, I mean, this the the the. The food truck poutine that we have here is not diner, you know, like, yeah. like Canadian poutine is working class food, and it is it is brown from a um, <laughs> bag, you know. In most diners, you go yeah, to yeah, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's going to be fri- yeah. fries out of a bag and gravy out of a bag, and the cheese curd will be pretty good, you know. But it's delicious. It's I oh. mean, how could you go wrong, you know? Well, cheese has been. A love for me. One of the things I smuggle out of every country I go to is I try to look up the exotic cheeses that I can try. I was in Paris and I was very excited. I went to a high-end supermarket and the cheese they had. I, I was very excited. Here's this American guy and the the French cheesemonger was just so rude. He looked at me like I was like I was just some like just some rat that rat from the Disney movie that that uh. Ratatouille? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't even, I was just didn't even want to buy any French cheese. But that Holland, besides having like tulips, clogs, and windmills, did you know the country is the world's largest cheese exporter? I had no idea. No. $7 billion annually. And I'm walking down the canals, beautiful streets in Amsterdam, and, and I look and I see what looks like round bars of gold and the whole window is filled with this beautiful waxy looking cheese and and my friend and I go in there and and I was hypnotized by this what it is is it it's a gouda uh it's a beautiful gouda cheese it's mellow and and it's artisanal. It's made with raw milk. Now, I, I love Gouda cheese. I don't like like Hickory Farm smoked Gouda. I think that's disgusting. But but this place that I went to was called uh, Henry Willig, and they've only been around since 1974. And they've got shops all over the city, and they make this beautiful Gouda cheese that I bought a whole cheese, and I brought it back with me, and I took it to my in-laws. Because uh, we were going over there for something, wedding. I don't remember now. It was a while back, and I and I present. They give it to you in a little wooden box, and it's so beautiful. I took it out, and these people are from Michigan, you know. And I cut through that beautiful rind, and I and I peeled it off, and I presented it on a plate, and they had no appreciation for it. They they were looking for for Myers supermarket Gouda with the red wrapper on it. It was just yeah. too complex for them, and but. But very barbarians, anyway. It was beautiful. I want to post pictures of all of these things on the website. 
the, so the cheese and this this is a great shop uh, if you can ever get over there because they will give you samples of everything and beautiful beautiful gouda cheese I I I loved it I mean is there is there a cheese that that stands out if you can get a cheese that you like something that stands out for you is, is there a cheese a, a cheese that you could really dig like it, I don't give a fuck what it is I mean like I um, when I worked catering, I used to eat the hell out of Edam cheese. Edam, Edam cheese. Yeah, I never had it. Oh, oh, it's 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 similar to Gouda. I mm-hmm. there, there was a Mexican restaurant re- recipe that we did that was basically almost like a Mexican version of shepherd pie filling. You know, mm. just sort of half lamb and half beef. And with a lot of onions and and stuff sort of chopped up in it, but it was just mostly this, like beefy, you know, sort of thing. And then you would you would plop, you know, half of a, a thing of of orange Edam cheese right into the middle of it, and just mix it up and eat it with tortillas. And oh my God, Edam's very it's like good. It's very mild, and it melts really good. Oh, you know, we always had it because we had it for um, it was a popular hors d'oeuvre catering item you would take a whole you would take the wax off a whole ball of Edam cheese and then wrap it in puff pastry and bake it and it would be melted you know you, you would just tear open the inside and people could take ah. crackers or whatever and dip it in it and it would be it would stay liquidy man, for man, a good that, amount of time that, uh, that. Takes me on a tangent. I I, uh, I had a recently while I was uh, in Lisbon. I had a brie that was I like brie baked, too. Baked in the oven, okay, with a pumpkin jam on top of it and walnuts. And they took it out of the oven and this pumpkin that jam. That sounds and really walnuts, good. Oh, we tore the out of it. It was absolutely delicious. The, so the, I, the Edam is sort of the trashy version of the Brie. <laughs> the uh, Brie's, uh, the, the Edam is not quite, like that Brie, when you do that with a Brie, it's so like creamy and oh, uh, yum yum. Next time, next time we, we get together, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the appetizer with the homemade pumpkin jam that, that I made and, uh, and, the, um, and the Brie. It's delicious. I mean, this cheese is so good. I had a slice, and the Portuguese, if, if you like something, you tug at your ear. You look at the guy, he goes, do you like it? And you give your ear a little tug. I don't know why, but that's what you do. The guy was Italian, and I guess apparently in Italy, that's, that's not That's a good. different meaning, yeah. That's a very different, different meaning. Different meaning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he just kind of looked at me. And now and, you guys and, are married. Yeah, now we're married. and <laughs> But... But he told me, he goes, I said, I'm Portuguese. This means something's really good. He goes, well, that's not what it means in Italy. <laughs> and, I, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. But he was laughing about it. Okay. But, but it was it was very, very funny. Um, excuse me. While I pour myself, I did bring back a bottle of Univer, uh, Univer, which is considered the father of gin. And it is the most popular spirit in the Netherlands, uh, if you can, I don't really drink gin that much. I don't like I, gin. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this tastes like uh, junipers and sadness. <laughs> <You know? laughs> salty tears. Like Lysol. It's it's it salty Lysol. It definitely needs to be gangsted up with a little sa- juice, salty, a little juice. Pi- just... salty pine salt. Yeah, I, but I'm I'm it, it's strong, and I'm gonna drink it, and it's gonna go to my head, and I'm okay with it because because I'm gonna go all whole Mullinax here in a little while and get all excited about some of this food that that we are having. Uh, I'll be writing food fan fiction. Uh, a couple of other things: Have you ever had a Stroop waffle? That's the only. Beer. That's the only thing that I ever heard of. Yes, I have. I have a yeah. roommate of German descent, and she likes the Stroop waffles. So I don't know if they're well known, but they're well known to me because there's always a yeah. there's always like some Stroop waffles hanging around. She's she's always um, ascribed them to the the Germans. So yeah, well they're very popular over I see, there. Yeah, and we serve them on the plane actually. And the correct way, they're two very thin waffles, and they're stuck together with a, uh, like a caramel. And the way you're supposed to eat them is, is you have a cup of coffee or a tea, and you lay them on top of the cup. And they get soft and gooey and delicious. And, uh, and Yeah, you, you need to soften. If you don't soften them yeah. up, they're just like, yeah. Well, I put them in my back pocket, and I walk That'll do it too. with them. And I sit sit on them, and and they get nice and soft. Trust me. Put them um, in your armpit when you're working yeah, out. The sweat will will yeah. hydrate them a little bit. At work, every once in a while, a add a little food. add a little salt for a little more complex flavor. You know. Yeah, only you know would know about the complex flavor of salt added to, to uh, I've, sweat I've, salt especially. I've, I have when I go when I go visit you, I'm gonna bring you some of this butter that I that I bought in Paris. I bought like seven seven packs of it. It's butter with sea salt. And when you spread this butter on the bread, you get this delicate little crunch of sea salt once in a while. Ooh. Chris, I am telling you that I won't eat it unless I have decent bread because it is too good. To, it, it's uh, We have shitty butter in this country. Uh, a country well, you bring... Has- you bring the butter, and I'll bring the 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 pit sweat stroopwafel, and yeah. we'll have a picnic. Oh, oh, it's delicious! Now, the next thing that I have I had over there is they're Dutch pancakes, and they are they're they're not they're not thick and fluffy like ours. I guess you could say they're they're more thinner and crepe like in consistency. Uh, and you put toppings all over whatever you want on them. You can put you know fruit, cream, Nutella. Uh, there's all kinds of pancake restaurants located in Amsterdam everywhere you go and they have smaller versions of them too that you can, they're like little balls that you can, they flip, excellent breakfast these things are really good after you've been drinking and you coming back from from the bar and you pass one of these waffle stands you can get it with butter and nuts they're delicious, mm. delicious see, I had a, a, my boss and he was also the guitar player and my band was Dutch and one of the our, my our coworkers not related to the boss was named Kabir Depiliu, and he was half Dutch and half Indian from India, and so they all the Dutch food that they ever brought, you know, that I that I ever saw from either of those two were all pastries. 
So ah. the and, and I but I remember though my boss when I made um now why is the name of it um escaping me um when you take fish and you chop it up and then you cook it in vinegar ceviche ceviche, ceviche. Oh. when when we made a Mexican version of ceviche he was just like all oh, he ate most of it he would just come in and eat it and he's just like. We have a Dutch version of ceviche, but this is so much better because it had like jalapenos and stuff. Like that. Just like, ah, la, 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 la. I wouldn't think ceviche and think Dutch, but but we will get to it. Well, you know, I don't know if they called it ceviche, but they had some sort of some sort of chopped fish. Yeah. They they had was different kind of fish, but he said they that like he grew up eating chopped chopped fish that was you know basically put in vinegar to cook it. Oh. Yeah, that that's that is a uh, that sounds to me like like paradise. But I'll eat anything. Uh, I, I'm, no. I'm I'm looking at a description here of my drink that I'm drinking right now, and it's the precursor to gin. It is that it's distilled from juniper berries, and it has a malty similar uh, flavor to whiskey, which I guess I am tasting it. And it was traditionally used for medicinal purposes before becoming the country's signature drinks. So how about that? So I, uh, I have what you call a um, super taster. I taste it and I, you know, gin, no shit, it tastes like junipers, but I, there, are, there are some highlights, little highlights of whiskey in here. And this next item is gonna shock you, but I had the best apple pie over there. Well, apple I don't pie see why not, yeah. Apple pie is everywhere and it's like a deep dish pie with cinnamon and it, 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 it had raisins in it Dutch apple uh, pie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, no shit, that's right. Yeah, it, it was delicious, delicious. For some delicious, reason delicious. that yeah, for some reason it, it's made it over here. Yeah, I guess maybe the Dutch brought it. I mean, I was just thinking about the 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 what movie was that? Um, John Carpenter movie with the alien with Jeff Bridges, Starman. Oh, it's on Starman. I haven't thought about that. In it a long gets. Time. You get some Dutch apple. I would like some Dutch apple pie. And he is. He has right a mouth. Or, he has a mouth. Or he puts the first like bite in his mouth, and his like mouth just hangs open. He drops a fork. He's just like ah. Gah. Well, you know, like most fruit in Europe, it's better than ours. The apples are probably like ripened on the day. apples. A winter food, a winter uh, fall dish. Delicious flaky crust. Not a lot of gooiness to it at all, but you didn't miss the gooiness not being there because the apples were so good and the pastry was so fluffy that you didn't miss it. Buttery, delicious. We're trying to talk our boss into adding applesauce as one of our homemade applesauce as one of our sides at the at the, well, the barbecue apple, the joint. Apple, apple, homemade applesauce is a bitch to make. Apple butter or whatever it, it, it is definitely. It was like the pumpkin jam. You stir that son of a bitch for. Ever, but yeah, no, we'll just do the straight it. up. We'll just do the straight up applesauce where you, yeah. <laughs> you core the apples, leave the skin on them, boil them, boil them, and put them through a grinder. Maybe add a little Beautiful. cinnamon, and you could maybe add sugar, but you don't usually have to. It's hey, I, I not to uh, go out chunky. on a tangent, but but I heard you invented a uh, pumpkin cornbread. Oh, dude, I'm so past the pumpkin cornbread. Yeah, that's I that's know, from two, that's like that's day. like two years ago. Like two years this ago, your thing. You don't. Right? You're not even up to the. You're not even up to the new. 
Um, the the Christmas cornbread. What did you put on the Christmas cornbread? Oh, gingerbread cornbread. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What a great idea. How did it come out? Um, delicious. <laughs> now, Especially is it soft? straight. Was it, a, was, it a, was it a softer cornbread or a dry? You know, there's, there's different it types. Was, of- it was... Well, our cornbread is a sweet cornbread instead okay. of a I savory like one. Cornbread. So, so basically, I mean, I just took the basic, our basic cornbread, and I sort of I got a I got a gingerbread man, um, recipe or you know mm-hmm. gingerbread recipe, and then I just sort of fudged it so like that I was just sort of mixing together half and half gingerbread to um, cornbread and hoping for the best because they they were obviously two different there's two there were yeah. there were several different kinds of there were gingerbread men that like basically had like cups of cups of like sh- brown sugar and and molasses and then like two tablespoons of flour and then there were other ones with more flour in it, so the, for the more like thick cookie or you know gingerbread cakes well, or it can, so I went it more work. for the cookie. I went for more like gooey cookie texture. Yeah. And yeah. they ended up being they ended up being very much like a soft cornbread texture with a gooiness to them. Hot out of the oven. Oh dear You're God! With a little bit of off. ice cream. Oh boy! Oh boy! They were good. Early on in American history, the one of the most common things to eat with um, cornbread was uh, molasses or sorghum syrup. So uh-huh. you're not far. You're not far off. You're, you, there's a lot of uh, a lot of culinary history in a, in a dish like that. So yeah, it, it adds it adds a little it adds a little chewiness. And I have a feeling if I'd maybe left a, if maybe I'd made them with a, a little waterier. That and left them in the oven a little longer, that the the inside wouldn't have overcooked, and you would have maybe gotten a little more caramelization, crunchiness to the top. But, Rome was yeah. not built in a day. The next, uh, my my next innovation for cornbread, I think, is going to be a variety. I think breakfast cereal, just uh, just plain just plain straight up pouring breakfast cereal into cornbread mix and cooking it. Why and not? Then, and then eating it with milk for breakfast would Another be a hearty breakfast. People crumble their cornbread and put buttermilk in it. That was another thing they used to do. Uh, when yeah. I was kids, we used to see just cornbread in a bowl with sugar on yep. top of it and milk. Yep, Man, that is definitely very, very American. It was very delicious. So. What isn't American is the next item on our list is the kibbling. And that is your your uh your herring. Oh uh, yeah. It's 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 raw herring, okay, um, and it's it's cured with uh, vinegar. And there's two ways to eat it. You can eat it with chopped up onions, and 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 they and they can uh they can you pick it up by the tail, and you put the whole thing in your mouth. With that's onions, and you eat it. that's the one I read. That's the one I read about. It was called though, like Hollandaise Nevu Neve, N I E V W E, Hollandaise Neve. It could be, and and I had it. I liked it. 
I like the onions and the vinegar and I and the hair. I love Sounds like so, this, did you eat it like by the tail and then nibble up yep. face? Yep. I, yeah, it sounds like a Monty Python sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Sylvester the cat, you know, putting a whole fish in yes. and pulling out the pulling bone. Out, pulling out a little skeleton and playing it like a xylophone. Yeah, working, as much, working as much time as I was there, uh, I did meet the bartender at the hotel whose name was Habibula. Uh, it's a cool name. I'm not sure what nationality he was. Um, I... I don't know it may have been romulan for all i know but he was nice enough to 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 take me to some of these places where i can try this stuff and one of the, the best places that he took me to was a real old-fashioned automat machine place you know we've heard about the automats but they have them i've all heard over they're there. popular i hear they're popular there and you can get like pancake the pancake sort anything. of stuff yeah pancake fried food in the automat uh it's it's wonderful uh, it it it's fun. It, it was it was terrific, and and you know before before uh, we touched on this last episode, but I, I'm not going to be able to to um, to round out the food portion of our uh, of our show without talking about you know some of the of the cannabis recipes that you can get over there. It every bakery that you go to almost everyone that's in a certain district or near a certain district has has can has has uh pot food from brownies to candies to everything and they're everywhere and i of course i i couldn't i couldn't taste it because of the drug and alcohol policy of but it it is the people i've talked to said that the food has come a long way over the past year with the with the the concentration of oils that they can make now, and they had some beautiful looking things. And uh, there's an interesting list here of what to do should you start to 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 eat too much and get a little bit crazy. They they recommend that you start low and slow when you're eating this stuff. You don't want to get too high or out of control or the heebie-jeebies after, you know, eating this. So here's a few tips. And let me know if you agree with these, okay? First, breathe deeply. Remember, <laughs> no one has ever died from a weed overdose. Okay? Okay. Put on a, okay? Put on a funny show to distract yourself as you're eating it. Drink a glass of water. They also say you should maybe eat a snack. Pine nuts, lemons, and peppercorns are all scientifically proven to reduce the side, the effects of a high. Give a friend a call. Let him talk you down. Take a relaxing shower. Take a walk through some quiet streets, but remember, you charge your phone so you don't get lost in Amsterdam. Try to sleep it off. Yeah, the... I... The, I they're missing i think the best advice they sort of touched it but get, don't eat it on an empty stomach uh, i think that's yeah, that the number one sense. thing don't eat it on uh, an empty stomach if you're not like somebody who's experienced yeah nibble <laughs> nibble i mean and what killed me is is the uh getting lost in amsterdam because i went to amsterdam years ago with my friend uh shelly and we rented bikes and we rode these bikes all over Amsterdam, and they'll kill you if you're not careful. Because man, they are 
they'll drive and 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 there's bikes everywhere i can't explain to you how many bikes but we got horribly lost we were drunk i had my first uh red bull with johnny walker black a wonderful drink and we were driving to the park and we were so lost we didn't know we couldn't find our hotel she got frustrated we we ran we rode through a swarm of of not wasps but like gnats everywhere she finally just sat down put the bike down on the ground and just sat there cross-legged until finally i found someone that spoke english and told us how to get back to our hotel it was one of the funnier stories now nowadays uh, it's just gps yourself back wherever yeah, yeah. GPS and and you'll and you'll be home in a, in a in a heartbeat, uh, and you know, of course I'm not going to end the food portion without a um, a dish that I did make. Um, now this is where we would usually. I was reading about this recipe and this one sounded yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. This oh, one sounded is. like one I would very much like. But after being away for so long, I feel bad not to call out a little call out to. Uh, Mr. Uh, George Leonard Herder of Bull Cook yeah. and Authentic Historic Recipes Take, of Practice. Taking a ba- back seat, but I'm sure he's yeah, had some he, experiences he in Amsterdam. Nothing, he has nothing to say about cooking, but he does have some experience in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, quick, I'm sure he quick, does. <laughs> uh, um, a quick couple of paragraphs here that, that he does write about his trip to the Netherlands and what you should do and what you should do. going to be a little preview of our next part. <laughs> if I may quote, um, if you ever want to make your way to Amsterdam and feel that you must check out the famed red di- red light district, uh, you have a lot more problems in your life than you may care to admit. Uh, the Netherlands was reclaimed from the ocean. As far as I'm concerned, Amsterdam should go back where it came from. He's a dirty liar. Amsterdam's famous red light district is amongst the worst that I have vi- the worst red light districts that I have visited. <laughs> okay, in countries all over the world. Filled with pimps, gigolos, and painted prostitutes, carnival hawkers try to entice you into brothels on every corner, and window shopping takes on a very different definition. As fat prostitutes sit and look rather bored. Amsterdam's red light district is a Disneyland for the decrepit. Oh. Here you can get a nickel peep show, and if you care for something more... Uh, Don't threaten me with a good time, George Herder. <laughs> <laughs> you're often led by pimps to unknown dank rooms, where you'll be slipped something into your complimentary drink. And often wake up on the street with absolutely nothing in your pockets, or if you're <laughs> tell lucky us enough, about it, George. <laughs> if you are lucky enough, no wonder he doesn't on. like it. <laughs> or you can catch one of He's the many burlesque, or, or you can catch one of the many burlesque type shows where the only applause you will hear is the clap that you may, uh, oh. that you may more than likely uh, oh. contract. When yes. you have to explain it to your wife. Yes. <laughs> There's Leonard the whole... Herder, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, George Leonard Herder and... maybe like uh, giving a little TMI there about his trip to Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh so... my God. Dude, <laughs> we need to get the movie rights. No shit. Wouldn't that be a great movie? Yeah, it would be a great, it would be a great I... TV series. Are you kidding I... me? The home life, like the home life of George Leonard Herder, uh, it would be like, uh, 
it would be like the, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty from Hell, like the the, the Midwestern. It wouldn't Secret be that expensive Life of, to get the rights. I don't know. You'd have to get him from his family, <laughs> probably. We could get Scott Gardner to play him. You know? I yeah. Mean, Possibly, uh, yeah. We're, we're like, yeah, well, we might have to get several people to play him because we might have to have young herder, middle-aged herder, and old herder. Or, we, you know, you know, like... I think it could make a great radio drama. A, a great... A great... Uh, uh, like a book on tape or a podcast show not unlike some of your right. other shows all right all right shut you the know. hell up man no more talk about this in public okay <laughs> all right okay, okay. all okay. right but i'm in all right um, so I, I the most popular appetizer in amsterdam is bitchabollet okay and they're meatballs but they're unlike any meatballs i've ever had so the way you make them is you uh these recipes are online I don't have the recipe in front of me, but I can walk it through it. You get a good piece of chuck steak and you boil it till it falls apart. You boil it, put some onions in there and some carrots so this water has some seasoning. You boil it, you shred the meat, okay? Put it aside. Next, you mince up onions and you throw in four tablespoons of butter and you get those onions nice and, and caramelized, okay? And then after they're caramelized, you add four tablespoons of flour and you stir it up and you're making a roux and then you go ahead and add this beef back into this mixture okay nutmeg salt pepper and a few shakes of what's in that there sauce Worcestershire sauce put it in the refrigerator for two hours or so so it gets firm take it out and you roll them into little meatballs oh, Jesus. and then you take the meatball Roll it in flour, roll it in egg, and then roll it in breadcrumbs. Oh, Jesus. And then you deep fry it. And what you have That's... are beautiful little deep fried meatballs. And I haven't tried one yet. And you serve them with a side yeah. of Dijon mustard. They almost sound a little like a croquette, almost. Yeah, almost like a croquette. But they describe them as a gravy meatball or a, um, what did oh you my told God. me they were making? And, oh, you know, my God. Go you, got, you had me at gravy meatball. Um, but there's no, there's no, the gravy is supposed to be inside the meatball. In it. Yeah. So I But the gravy it, is in the ball. What did oh, you, God. it's like, like those Reese's commercials where they're walking around, someone has gravy and someone has meatballs and they bump into each other and says, hey, your meatball got into my gravy. Hey, your gravy got into my meatball. Oh, delicious. So I'm going to try it. it like that, oh. that gum with the juice in the middle. Oh yeah. I remember that. That is the horniest gum in the world. Gushers. You also, yeah, gushers. <laughs> and you also put parsley in there. I forgot, chopped parsley. So here we go. I'm going to taste it. I got Oh, man. All right. It's not hamburger in the middle. It's chuck that is stringy. And it's absolutely delicious. I was expecting like a hamburger meatball taste. Nothing at all like that. It's moist with the gravy. The um, it has. I'm sure they would be crunchier if I had eaten them. I made them about three hours ago. But the mustard, I'm telling you, look up bitter balls or bitter 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 ball and make these. They're not hard to make. 
I actually have a beer here. I'm going to open it up. It's, uh, Amsterdam is also famous for their beer. Everywhere you go, it's Heineken and Amstel. But, but these are traditionally eaten with beer as an appetizer. Sounds like it, yeah. And they are absolutely delicious, man. I'm not kidding you. This is, it's not a herder hit because it's not his recipe. He doesn't like Amsterdam. But delicious, 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 delicious. And, and that's the Amsterdam first travelogue food show. But we're not, we're not over yet. No. When we come back, we would take a hiatus. We'd take a hiatus, goddammit. And I'm looking uh, over at the green room. It's not green anymore. <laughs> it's red. I don't know what the hell's going on. And when do we have these windows installed? And who are these people? And what are they doing in the window? My goodness. How much oh. for those people in the window? window. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to stop eating this because I could easily polish off this plate. I made about 10 of these. And I'm going to put them in the air fryer tomorrow. And I think they'll probably warm up pretty good. But they've got this, this moist gravy, like that chuck wagon dog food. Yeah. That actually yeah. looks pretty good to a 10-year-old kid. Hell yeah. Did it look good to you? Well, it was supposed to look good to us. It was supposed to be something you yeah. wanted to feed your pet because it looked like something you would eat. I don't even know if they have that anymore. I don't think they do. I think it was it was a novelty, you know. Can you imagine the old dog sitting around with their puppy one? When I was a kid, bars never had our teeth fell out. We used to we used to wait around the kitchen till the little chuck wagon came out from under the sink. We'd chase the hell out of that goddamn thing, never catch it, but we'd always eat. Sometimes the owner would forget to put that water in there, and I'd look at him and go, what the hell's wrong with you? Do you, you want my guts to just freeze up like cement? You put that uh, shit there without water. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, that's, I'm going <coughs> to... For all you kids out there, Chuck Wagon was a dry dog food that you would, uh, that you would, uh, put in the bowl, and then you would pour water, pour water over it, and mix it up, and it would form its own gravy. Yeah. That they just slop up. The dogs would just slop it up like slop. They had a, they had other kinds of they had other kinds of dry food that was like dry chewy. It looked like dry chewy food pellets in in sort of gravyish goo too that dogs used to eat. Remember they had the ones they were they were fa they were shaped like hamburgers. Yes, and they were, it was yes, just a fake hamburger meat, and it was just sort of like this play doughy stuff that you would the, give your the dog. The sad thing is, people gave dogs a lot more credit than they deserved. Like sausages? Oh yeah, the dog's gonna think he's eating a little hot dog. Well, care. the thing about the, the thing about dog food is, well, dogs like food anyway. But I mean, yeah. if dogs like this, this is, tastes shit. like shit. They just they won't eat, eat you. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they but eat their like, own shit. They're not particular, you know. <laughs> Gaines burgers. That was what Holy was the name. Yes, they look like little hamburgers. That's what it was yeah. called. Yeah, they would come Holy in a little plastic smoke. plastic pouch and look like raw hamburger, but it was just like a play. It was like a Play-Doh. Something tells me that at the end of our show today, if people stick around, they're gonna hear the little theme song for. Yeehaw! 
I'm going to eBay and see if there's any vintage Gaines burgers out there. Oh, I'm gonna fall down the uh, the YouTube rabbit hole and and probably uh, see if if the Gaines burger. All dog food. All do- didn't dog. Didn't they have food. like? Didn't they have little sear marks? Yes. Yes, they I did. Remember, <laughs> I remember. I remember a printed, can opening. They were like printed sear marks. Yes. I remember like a can of dog food that would open, and somebody would put a brand on it, like. Yeah, yeah. Kennel rations. Fucking, yeah, fucking these people thought dogs were so smart, you know. Uh, anyway, oh well, I'm going to uh, go check out this green room. Uh, uh, or, see, or there's... red room. Did, did you forget to take the Christmas or lights down or? or no, what? no. I, I I know what's going on. I got a guide for us. They're they're ready to give uh, oh, us. A t- oh, we're oh, gonna go. Oh. We're going on a tour. All right, we're we're going on a tour. So so uh, get on that magical uh, pot spelling green windowed uh, to a uh, red window tour bus and uh, and and let's let let's take a ride. We'll be right back. Hey, cyber suckers, Maury Clawhammer here. Do you hear about them NFTs? And you think to yourself, I don't know what the hell these things are. Sounds like a bunch of space gobbledygook. But I sure would like to get some of that money. Well, that's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And here at Maury Clawhammer's NFT Mintery, we have declared a no FOMO zone. Listen, NFTs are very complicated. You probably can't understand all the jibber-jabber and complicated jargon the Sharpies throw at you. So I'm gonna explain how it works in layman's term using my dog, Bucky. This is Bucky. I hold him up and my wife takes a picture of his butthole. That's when I get my picture of Bucky's butthole and I bring it here to this millennial with a laptop. Why pay in porn? And bingo bango, Bucky's butthole is minted into a fresh NFT. Maybe Bucky's butthole will go viral. Or maybe you could give Bucky's butthole the old pump and dump and wazingo. You're an internet gazillionaire. NFT stands for non-fungible token. And I gotta tell ya, Clawhammer's tokens will never fudge. Not once. That is my guarantee or my name isn't Maury Crawhammer. And we can mint anything here. This house plant, minted. Your house minted and unfungible your vague sense of existential dread sure we'll mint it people are minting colors for christ's sake so come on down to claw hammer's mintery and mint up a minty nft and while you're here grab some of the newest hot cryptocurrency mori money it'll knock your blockchain off don't miss out future yacht owners Get your dog's butthole NFT'd or live like a dog in your working sucker hovel for the rest of your life. No FOMO! Hello, welcome to Beat It. A show about porn, although we're taking it, we're not really going. Well, we'll we'll get a little porn in here, but it's yeah. it's it's sexy time at the show. I am uh, one of your hosts, Mr. Red Light, and I am here with my co-host Hans Finkter. Yeah, my skates—they smell like shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a butthole skater. I am a butt a butt skater, as they say. 
Proust, which is toast in um, in, in fucking Dutch, which which well, is a a tongue twister of a language. Let me tell you, I, I did learn how to say in my time frequenting the red light district. Gooden beer, gooden beer, which means good beer, good beer. <laughs> hey, I kind of figured that out. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, I fe- I, I'm speaking you Dutch. Speak, you speak Dutch. You speak beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like, how lucky is it that your world travels not only takes you to a food capital, but to a sexy time capital of the world, where, where, where probably the most known thing about, or, you know, the of the city, for better or worse. It's 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 for good better to be and back. worse. I'm it's, sure it's good to be back after the hiatus, and and you know I'm going to. You know, let you in on a lot of people don't know this, but my my parents were killed during a tragic Karma Sutra accident when I was very young. Your, so your parents been, listen to this podcast, by the way. I've been spending the past three months, you know, traveling the world trying to um, to perfect these moves that uh, that she didn't uh, that they didn't get right. Unfortunately, I've been alone most of the time, so uh, it, it it what about vengeance? Quite work out. Vengeance, yeah, yeah. Um, I, unfortunately, the, the the people that wrote the Karma Sutra are, are probably long dead, buried. But I would like to, you know, maybe yeah, probably. use it. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe perform the Congress of the Cow, and with no mercy to whoever I do it with, as vengeance for my mother, and fight, and just go around the world fighting people that are having bad sex. You know. <laughs> so you're gonna yeah. fuck for vengeance? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll fuck for vengeance. Or, or two Stay away from that man, Gonzalez. Yeah. He's a vengeance two, two, fucker. Two be- What I do to him? Two people could be fucking, and I'll be uh, lightning outside the window, and I'll be there. You know. My name is Dario and, Gonzalez. A, you killed my parents. Prepare yeah. to come. Yeah, in a in a in a fucking gimp suit with a, with lightning cracking behind me. Who are you? I'm your worst fucking nightmare. Now bend over. Get ready for the Congress of the Cow. Yeah, you never but, know, though. Yeah, you never yeah. know what one man's worst nightmare or one woman's worst yeah. nightmare is. You know. But, you know, I am. I am back with my proverbial backpack, a la the Incredible Hulk, slung over my shoulder, filled with KY jelly. I'm back, and and. Uh, I don't know if the red light I, district's a good place to be the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's rage. <laughs> but, but yeah, this this whole portion of the our, our travel log special is Amsterdam, and uh, and I have uh, been around for the past two months on almost every layover I've had. I've experienced uh, just about all there is to see about the red light district in in Amsterdam, which, um, are you, do you, have you familiar with any type of, uh, is there a Rochester red light district or, <laughs> or maybe one not, very easy not per, per se. I mean, there's definitely play, there's definitely areas I, if you're going to go to that you're more likely to have some, you know, so, you know, prostitution going on. But it's not like the it's not institutionalized like the red light district. It's more like crack oriented or you know, or whatever <laughs> crack they're doing these days. You know what I mean? It's more. <laughs> so instead of just like one red light bulb hanging from a wire in someone's uh, upstairs bedroom, so 
but yeah, yeah no, I think it's more the traditional American, like, you know, pull up with your car or, you know, meet in a bar or at a truck yeah. stop type type deal. Then, you know, go to a house, house of ill repute or, you know, or, a, you know, I mean, Amsterdam's got its own little, you know, way of way of doing it with with all sorts of like independent operators. Exactly. And, uh, you know, every large city or has some city part of town. And, you know, there are other red light districts, of course. You know, there's red light districts in, in Japan, in China. They're in Russia. They're everywhere. I'm Lots thinking the chicken farm, like Las Vegas, might be the closest uh, analog in America. Did, did I ever tell you my Mustang Ranch story? I actually went to the Mustang Ranch in Reno. It wasn't Vegas. And me and my friend Nelson drove up there one day. Uh, and we got to the gate. And uh, you, you're, uh, you got to get buzzed in. And so we walked through the gate and we hit the button. And, and the lady said, smile and say fuck. And we did. Uh, we were like 20 or 19. <laughs> and they opened the gate. So we went in. It's just a big bar. Uh, we walked in there. And the minute we walked in, like maybe six or seven girls came out and just kind of sat around and looked at us and talked to us and we were just so damn embarrassed we just fucking bought a t-shirt and left i think it read something like i got went to the don't, mustang don't, ranch don't, don't, don't. i went to the mustang have i ever ranch told you my mustang his, ranch story yeah i, I, I went never, to the mustang ranch and all i got was his stupid t-shirt i've got a secondhand mustang ranch story oh. i i recently found the video though so maybe i can uh Dropbox you the video of it. It's 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 copyrighted Howard Stern video, but my friend Rocky spent a week at the Mustang Ranch with a porn star and with Carte Blanche for whoever and whatever he wanted there on the dime of Howard Stern. He's God. God. He's 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 one of those shut in type of persons. He's like a DP like works on movies and stuff and then just basically in the basement with a couple friends playing D and stuff you know how he won this on howard stern how did this happen beating first on the phone by winning star trek trivia yeah. which got him a trip to new york two which they were going to have him on for a trivia contest and when he got there he found out he was having his trivia contest versus William Shatner, mm. who he trounced, and then one. Awesome. Uh, all I remember is, I'm pretty sure the porn star's name was Tuesday, and she was blonde, and uh, <laughs> and and you know how at the end of the Howard Stern TV, like the TV cable stuff, they would have after the yeah, interviews the they'd be out in the hallway. He's out in the hallway. She's in a bikini and she's like, you know, playing it up for the camera. She's like, well, is there anything you're going to want to try that you've never really got to try? And you can see Rocky just going, hmm, maybe that Chinese basket trick. I don't. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Perhaps. then he made the mistake of calling William Shatner Bill. And, who, and he immediately went from like, hey, how are you doing? To burn and like storming away and into his dressing room and being pissed off and. And such, uh, but know, yeah, but Rocky I, spent spent a week 
with with Tuesday whatever summertime wow. Tuesday and and wow. any number of other ladies and as a gentleman he would not tell any stories we could not drag a single story out of him Star Trek trivia so there is hope for me he stayed the full week he said because because at at the end like at the end of the week to the minute they were like all right you're done bye <laughs> The Howard Stern money ran out, and it was like, okay, see you later. That's it. Holy shit. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's um, it's not as big as you think. That, now, to go into a little bit of the history of the, uh, of the Red Light District. Now, it's rather unique. Uh, it's... Legal, it's the legalized approach to adult entertainment and cannabis cafes. And you got your brothels, you got your strip clubs. Uh, and it's actually a fascinating place with an interesting history. Uh, and you know, it's right there on uh, the banks of the river Amstel, which, you know, if you follow it up, it's made of beer. The river is like Willy Wonka, uh, chocolate, uh, beer might be. It might be full of some recycled yeah. Amstel in yeah, there. Yeah, it's made of beer cans. and uh, But no, it's the Amstel, <laughs> beer the, uh, Amstel River. Exactly. And dead prostitutes. And it's been there since the 13th century in this general area. And it used to be known as the Wallet. Uh, so-called because there was a wall built along the river. And it had gates that needed to be opened and closed to, pre to prevent flooding. Now... The area was frequented by uh, sailors and prostitutes, and that's how it got its reputation. And it's kind of stayed that way throughout the centuries. Uh, it, it, it so the vibe is baked in. Yeah, it's baked, <laughs> it's steeped into that particular area. Uh, and, you know, it, it prostitution, it, it is, has been legalized throughout history there. Uh, in that particular district and we're going back to the time of napoleon bonaparte it, it made it through the dutch revolt it has always been there or and napoleon the, bonaparte am i right yeah yeah bonaparte yeah and it survived uh the the, the protestants uh outlawed prostitution but the sex work it still continued there and it was totally accepted in this little and the first thing you notice as you as you go down there is it's not very big and it doesn't really support uh, as many people as were there. And I was there during pandemic times uh, and there was just tons of people walking around and you would you think they would be bigger, but it's only about uh, maybe four blocks and a couple of side streets. OK, uh, that, that it's located on. But on this this block, you have bars, hash cafes, you have uh, peep shows, you have everything that that you have sex museums. But you can tell that it's not what it once was because slowly but surely, tourist shops are moving in that sell T-shirts, cannabis tea, you know, just just generic stuff, and uh, you're seeing less and less of the um, brothels. Now, a couple of interesting things that I learned about about the uh, red light district in Amsterdam 
is that it's a common misconception that the people at work and that they they run the businesses are pimps and criminals. I mean, there are still pimps and criminals. There is some aspect of that is still around. But if you walk around, there's these windows everywhere. They're full-length windows, and that's where the girls stand and do a little dance, and they have a curtain they can pull if they want some privacy. But what's interesting is these windows are rented out to the girls. So the girl rents the window out for if she's going to work the whole night. She can rent that window space out for the whole night, and it's hers. And and let's say that you walk around and you find a girl that you you think is particularly attractive, and you strike up a deal. And what they do is they will usually walk you a couple of blocks away to a small hotel type building, okay? And these these uh they're they're hotels in that the girls purchase uh the entire hotel room uh most of them have like 20 rooms and they're open from about 10 a.m to 5 a.m in the morning and the girls rent these rooms for 150 during the day and 200 at night and the room is theirs all night long and anything they make they get to keep Okay, and they can charge upwards of three to four hundred dollars a person, depending on you know what they whatever they do. whatever they work out with. The yeah,、purpose. but they get to keep whatever money they、uh, they get during the night. However, the room is theirs. If they pay a hundred, two hundred dollars for the room, and they don't use it, they still have to pay. Or if they're sick, they still have to pay for the room. It's theirs. So,、uh, you know, if, if you rent these, they can rent these hotels, and you can be there all night long. And I'm wondering how much money you can pull in from a single night if if you're one of the more attractive hookers. Now, you can the good-looking hookers. I, I shouldn't say hookers. I'm sorry, that's the wrong term. Let's call them sex workers. They they are on the main boulevard, but if you stroll down the side alleys. You can find some of the,、uh, how do you would you say it? The ladies that might be a little long in the tooth, you know.、Uh, so maybe they're they're a little bit cheaper. I do not know, but、uh, there are still some pimps that that can that are frequent the area, but nothing like it used to be. This is a system that's been going around for a long time now, and it works. There's the windows are rented, and they're often rented by the same people that own the hotel buildings. And the thing is, is, is、uh, you know, I asked my friend Habibullah, who's a bartender at the hotel where we stay, and he took me down there and he talked to some of the, I guess they're hawkers that try and get people to come in there.、Uh, I was asking my friend Habibullah,、uh, is considered if these people were considered pimps, and he says, no, 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 a pimp forces the woman to work. Uh, so he can, so he can live off the money, and and the the guy said we don't force anyone to work. You know the ladies are free to come and go as they please, and these owners of these hotels and these windows they walk around the neighborhood at night checking on the windows and the girls making sure there's no weirdos hanging around and trying to take pictures. And let me tell you something, they are fucking serious about no pictures. If you even have your cell phone out and you're trying to pretend to take. 
like to talk to someone and take a picture, they close that curtain and some big Dutch guy will come out and they will grab your cell phone and throw it into the into the water in the channel. Yeah, I I went and watched a lot of videos of people and they what they would do is put the cameras on their the glasses with the cameras on to do it. Yeah, they don't mess around with that. That's why when I when I we actually have a couple of sound bites of my friend and I who is a very very attractive uh, co-worker of mine. And these guys really wanted to get her to come into the you know, girl on girl whatever you want. But these these hucksters wanted to. Hey, come on in! No, come in! We'll give you a bargain. Come into the bar, you know. And but but two have nothing of it. Two is. Uh, but I had to have my phone and my microphone in my pocket, my shirt pocket, with the microphone just barely sticking out because you know to to ask questions and and talk in the neighborhood because they will not mess around with that at all. That's just something they don't mess with. Um, so. These little hotels, they have an incentive to be clean and and be relatively safe. They're not dingy. I got to go look in one because of my my contact. They're the, they're tacky. The, it's all lit with pink lights. There's nothing fancy, but they do have a panic button that if, if you get a weirdo in there, uh, the girl can hit the button and somebody will come and drag him out. And the the competition. They want to keep the places clean and nice. So that well, that's what I'm saying. I'll bet you there's high competition there, there for is. the single yeah. red light ones because there's so few of them. So you get like probably that's the top tier and and that's yeah. where all the tourists expect. But then once you can't get those, then you end up having to go to like the hotel or whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and and, and uh, there's probably a whole, you know, strata stratosphere of different, you know, levels down to like probably people who are getting trafficked, who are getting trafficked, you know, at the lower levels. Yeah, that that that's absolutely correct. And they have they want to keep these places clean and nice because if they're nice and these girls there's just because they rent the window from the guy doesn't mean that they have to go to his hotel uh they'll go find somewhere else they'll rent a room in another spot now now and they the the guy i was talking to about back in the old days there was much less regulations and any girl could come and and uh and get any hotel room but now you would not believe the paperwork involved these girls if they come if they're going to use the room and they're going to use it on a regular basis they have to have checked into that place before and if it's their first time there you have to provide paperwork they have to prove that that they're in the country legally so this cuts down on the sex trafficking trade okay they have to provide a let's say they have to provide paperwork that they've been tested for any type of disease you know they have to be clean uh, they have even have to have a local uh, uh, chamber of, of, of residence and be registered at the chamber of conference so that they know that these people that they live right. there and they you know it's not it's well if you're gonna be if you're gonna be official you, you're gonna yeah, be it's legit it, it, it is You're going to have your own and, version of the health inspector. <laughs> so the, the, 
they're not dirty. I mean, the the owners of these places, they actually uh, throw barbecues for the girls and take them on boat trips, little boat trips through the canals, you know, so that they can, they want to keep them coming back. And they develop a rapport with these girls. Uh, and and it's 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 a good system because you know for for I don't know how much they charge for the windows, but well, it's it's the, not illegal, so they don't have the opportunity. They don't have the leverage <laughs> to exploit people. You know, yeah. as you walk around and look at the girls, it's kind of embarrassing. I I, I don't really. There's a bunch of assholes. Yeah, around. exactly. And 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 I hated it. I mean. Just like jerks from from all over the world, Russians and Brits, and hey, baby, and then they get they get they get shuffled away, you know, from the window, and 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 I never didn't feel safe. I was always felt safe, but sometimes they, it, it just I just felt like there's a little scuzziness going on. But it's very clean, and it's at night. It's really pretty. <laughs> there's there's lights and there's there's the sex museum. And, and you know, at three hundred to four hundred dollars a person, depending how many people you could turn out at night in that room, you can make a pretty good living, uh, I guess. I don't know about health insurance, but most. Well, of the I girls, hear there's also I hear there's insur- people they've formed co-ops and there's health insurance and all sorts of stuff like that. Strangely you know. enough, you're not going to see a lot of Dutch girls there. Most of the girls there are from Eastern Europe. They're from Romania. Uh, the traditional places, yeah, Bulgarians. Yes. There's Hungarians. Uh, these girls, I mean, they have nothing in their home country. There's nothing there for them, so they 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 just come here to work. They've got nothing back home for them, so this is what they do. Uh, and I, I was change is coming. I, the only thing I can think of that can compare, maybe not so much, is like. Chinatown, a uh, little Italy here in New York. It used to be like six or seven blocks long, you know. But slowly the tourist places came in and Chinatown expanded. And the guys said that every year it gave, this is you no know, valuable property right there by the canal. Every year it shrinks a little and it shrinks a little and it shrinks a little more. And, and, uh, and, and strangely enough, one of the worst things about it they say is the tourists which is crazy because they said the tourists they don't really they don't really use the uh they don't really come here for the sex it's the locals that come the tourists just like to walk around and say hey i went to the red light district and and wave at the girls and and she says that's that's what is the uh what the biggest the most annoying trend is that you know they come to look and pretty much that's it there's just a bunch of people wandering around sounds like a local in any city <laughs> that yeah, has yeah, a lot exactly. of tourists yeah uh, and you know in in other red light districts that's not the case i mean there's no tourist in in i'm sure in the russian red light districts or the right or the rochester red light districts they could go down there and and so everybody that's just standing at a window is, and staring is pretty much just taking money away from away from uh, from the girls that work there. Uh, 
but you can go there during the day. Well, they're 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 still feeding the local economy, I yeah, guess, by just are. walking around there and 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 buying the tourist stuff. But yeah, I'm sure they're annoying as hell. Yeah, without the tourists, I doubt they can make it. And with the tourists, I I I they're bitching. But so I don't really know what what the 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 proper balance is but i i know that that i've always had problems walking around and, and seeing this you know beautiful girl looking at me and smiling and, oh yeah pretty girl pretty girl pretty girl you know it'll but, fix it when the rest of the world figures out that they should legalize prostitution and weed yeah, <laughs> exactly. then yeah. then you don't have all these repressed people that's because that's the thing this reminds me of Toronto is like a little New York City and it's a little Amsterdam at the same time because in a way because like when we were in college you could go up there and drink at 19 instead of 21 and there were whole sections of Toronto at night that were based on you know based on that they knew there would be people coming from America to come and go to strip bars or go to bars or whatever you know and uh and so you had like these like squalid touristy parts of town that were annoying as hell filled with all these people who are like sexually repressed who go there to get and then they get drunk and then they act like assholes you know like yeah like the old it was basically the modern version of the fucking mo cliche movie saloon you know everybody's just yeah. like yeehaw and a what I, doubly what I obnoxious and if they actually got in a room with the girl, they'd probably be like, I don't know what to do, you know, yeah. you know. Or, I just so, want to talk. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea. I got to go. So it's yeah. just like that would be me. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be into the whole prostitute thing. I've never, like, had any interest at all in it. It, it doesn't seem that transactional sex you know maybe yeah, I would, I would just sit there and say, I'm just, not against it but it yeah, would just I, I would, wouldn't be for me I, would, I mean there's no Julia Roberts <laughs> prostitutes out there you know I, I would I would just say hey did you even if they were super good looking or whatever even if they were really nice I would still need to I, I yeah I'm just not the kind of guy like I don't know I and I but I I don't know I've had spontaneous sex before with with people I sort of knew, but like, yeah. that was I. Ah, well, no, I'm thinking of her, and I'm like, ah, there were there were months of we, <laughs> we had interacted <laughs> for months a little bit, but you know what I mean. There was there was like chemistry present and stuff, yeah. and I don't know. I guess if I went and visited enough hookers, but it's like no hooker's gonna want to like have me hang around. Uh, a sex worker is gonna want yeah, me hanging they, around. Yeah, we can't call them sand people. We have to call them tussies the, now. Come on, they're not. They're, they're they're not gonna wanna. They're not gonna want me to hang around for a little while to see no, if there's because, any chemistry yeah. or anything. No, like I, that, I, so I would sit there and ask them. You know, so how would you pass the Kobayashi Maru? I guess and if you pay and you can do that. You know, yeah, you I, can. You can do whatever you want. Pay to talk about the Kobayashi I would want her to be interested in it, but but uh, now there's project. 10 12 okay not like uh project 66 from the clone wars but but in in 2007 they decided to kind of clean up the area just like times square it was getting seedy and seedy so what they did was they okayed to, to cut down on some of these Just open really, up really the seawall for a couple days yeah yeah 
yeah, <laughs> they would, would get rid of some of the really city places, rinse it and, out, and bring in new businesses like uh, restaurants, cafes, boutiques, and and you know to try and drive out some of the crime that they had at that time, and it actually did work. The crime was was uh, significantly reduced, and it has led to the prostitutes taken to the streets in protests. Um, because they're closing down so many brothels and so many windows. And that's true. You do not see as many windows as I used to see when I first went there around 1996 or something. There definitely were not as many windows, and there's definitely more cafes. And if you're going to be proud of it, be proud of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's, that's, the thing. that's the reputation they've gotten. They might as well lean into it, you know? But with the new system they had, they, they pretty much were able to keep the organized crime out you know and today from what the, from what i'm reading here the red light district is known worldwide as one of the safest places to conduct legal prostitution with regular police patrols mandatory registration and health checkups all i hear they really from prostitutes i hear they really work the undercover cops there i hear there's a lot of like undercover people that their job is just to sort of circulate around and keep an eye on everything like (laughs) disney world (laughs) sorry this 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 is burning Um, my my uh gin here um but uh back to my friend that i went with there she was with me for a lot of the time we wanted to go and see a peep show and you know we did and uh it was a a circular kind of like the carousel of progress at disney world you know yeah with the windows and stuff the old the old school old school they used to have those in america too i guess i remember i see i remember this from like one of those like fucking HBO real sex, you know. Oh, that show? Your, your, yeah, your exactly. window would come up and then exactly. go down. So her and I went into the place, and it was two euros. So we crammed into a booth, both her and I. Put so how much euros. is two euros? Like five bucks? Like uh, right now, two euros is probably about three dollars. You put Jesus. it into the into into the slot, and the window comes up for about a minute, and. And okay. The first girl, the first girl that was there was a rather skinny-looking Eastern European girl, and we were kind of, eh. but you know, they can see you, and they see here's a guy and a girl looking at you, <coughs> and, and they're paying attention. They're like, oh, coming up, and we're like, eh, <coughs> and the and the thing closed, and then the next girl came in, and she was a really, really uh, attractive girl. So. We were scrambling for for coins to keep the show going. <laughs> and, and then I fucking dropped one on the floor, and I said, "Do I or don't I?" <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and put it back in there. And that is this is actually going to be the um, first audio clip that we have that was taken right after we walked out of the uh, peep show. And you're going to be able to hear it live on tape. Uh, and uh, we have a couple of other. <coughs> okay, I'm switching over to <coughs> this. This gin's going to kill me. Um, uh, we have a couple of other, uh, uh, at least one other quick little audio clip 
that you can get maybe some of the sounds and the uh, experience of walking through the red light district. Just close your eyes, use your imagination and picture a dumpy looking me and a beautiful, beautiful girl. Uh, father was probably a GI. <laughs> Just gorgeous. Anyway, uh, and, and this is the way the uh, conversation went. Now, one thing we're talking about peeing in funnels. It's very, it's very um, unfair to women here, uh, right next to the canal. And one thing that you notice when you're walking down uh, the red light district here in Amsterdam is the uh, wafting smell of the ganja everywhere and every corner that you're at. Uh, it, I can't say that I've ever not liked the smell. I mean, maybe it can get a little bit overpowering at times. I'm not used to it, but but uh, man, there is everything here. We're across from the Sex Palace Peep Show, where uh, you can get a video uh, cabinet, I guess, for two euros, or also a private cabinet for two euros, which is interesting as well. Now, our tour guide is now taking us through what, what would you say this area is? Lady boys, the lady boys area, uh, and as you walk through, if you're interested or not, you um, they open the door for you, and and you can kind of just walk in or just walk on by. I mean, I, all right. So, me and my flying partner Cheryl here have just went to a real authentic red light district Amsterdam peep show. What were your thoughts? We saw two. Two dancers. That were your thoughts on the first? It was two euros. For how long would you say that it was? About two minutes. About two minutes, and and it was a moving stage, was it not? It was a moving stage. A moving stage. Now the first dancer was Spanish, and uh, scale yes. of one to ten, what would you say? I would say she was about a five. Yeah, I would say I mm -hmm. would say a five. But then, as the lights went off, we saw a skinny Eastern European girl exactly. who was much more interesting. I threw my two dollars into yes. the machine. And it was we worth got it. We got a two minutes. Well, yeah, it, it was did. worth it. Much mm -hmm. more attractive. A lot more attractive. It is. Uh, Definitely much better to be here at night. I like that the girls are wearing uh, What do you call the the, the clothes that light up? You know the black light so all their mm -hmm. all their uh, Their lingerie lights up and you were just talking to one of the uh, people in front of the sex show How much was it to go in? Okay, so it's $40 just to watch the, the live show $50 includes a uh, 50 euros includes a free drink a free drink so that's it you that's no hands-on nothing mm -hmm. and we cannot emphasize how much they do not want you taking pictures here absolutely if they, if they see a camera they'll close the curtain or they'll pour pee on you uh, they'll pour, what, yeah or pour, yeah, yeah definitely exactly. but you almost got a free show but they wanted you to come back for a discount during the day right absolutely and so there you go our first real Amsterdam uh, red light district peep show wonderful experience right absolutely well worth our four euros for your <laughs> cup of coffee or a peep show exactly. what are you gonna need all right, so where are we headed to now? What what part of the red light district are we? Just, are we? just a different street. Just a different street. This is just your your typical your typical uh, back alley, and it is really red light, isn't it? I mean, it is really red light. And here's and we walk by, and hello, ladies. Although this one here doesn't seem very interested, she's kind of texting on her. She's kind of texting on her cell phone, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Hi, hi. See, I got a wink. I got a wink. She must love me. She must love me. And I'll bet the later it gets, the uh, 
And it's a Sunday too. This is this is supposed to be a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna wrap around and go back the other way now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a U-turn. Sorry. Sorry. And head back the other way. She's a tall drink of water, man. I'm telling you. Where else can you get pizza, burger, waffles, crates, hot dogs, and drinks right next to a uh, a window dancer? And Fanta. And the Fanta here is really good. I mean, strawberry kiwi Fanta. And it actually costs about as much as the Peep Show did. Now, if you're going to guess, how much do you think it would would take uh, one of these women would charge in this back alley? Definitely, we're not on the strip here, right? We're kind of in an alley. So would you think it'd be cheaper? 40 to 50. 40 to 50 dollars? Euros, right? $60. 60 bucks. I wonder how long you get for 60 bucks. 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Jesus Christ. 15 minutes for 50 bucks. That's like a much more expensive than your basic New York crackhead hooker. Yeah, whatever you got. Let's go. Yeah, now we're going through another alley here, passing by the SM Specialist Toys and Lingerie Shop. And more red lights. Dirty old man. Every girl is texting. They're all updating their Facebook. I like her. She's very nice. Hi. Hi. And this one is very clean. She's cleaning her stoop. God knows of what. But she's cleaning the stoop Maybe here. she doesn't want anyone to slip and fall. No, she does not want anyone to slip and fall and sue her. Now, what makes the bulldog such a historic? Is this is this another peep place? What is the no, bulldog? It's, it's marijuana. Oh, it's marijuana. That's why I'm overwhelmed by the smoke coming down this back alley here. But. But I'm gonna man. see if there's a one part that's open over here where it's slightly indoors. I know this this is kind of dead over here. It's a Sunday night. This used to be open too. walk through our first okay. wrap around peep show which it's a little intimidating I mean I really don't want to stop and stare at the girls they're, they're right there in front of you well, what I'm am gonna I gonna have a what the hell I don't, don't money. Yeah, of course they're gonna ask you for money you want, this ain't no Julia Child shit you know this is uh, 50, what is 50 euros 65 something like that uh, yeah 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 something like that but okay, so it better be a pretty stimulating conversation I mean I don't know what's that I mean they all love me I mean I yeah. got winks and they were looking yeah. at me I was obviously the best looking guy yes, in that place so oh, it was, you're right next to a church too oh and now it's a chocolatier this is my kind of church <laughs> So that's Amsterdam's red light district. And uh, I recommend that everyone should go there. Um, if you're into experiencing the the uh, the full experience, bring about $300. And uh, according to George Leonard Hur, don't accept any drinks from, from anyone <laughs> that you meet up there. Passed out um, waking up in the street like George Leonard Hur. Yeah. Uh, and, and expect to get some really, really um, sexy looks from girls that don't care <laughs> what you look like. 
and, <laughs> and expect to feel a little bit uncomfortable because they really don't want to talk to you. I mean, no. I tried to strike up a conversation with a couple of them. They're and just like, not ah, really that no. into you. No, they're not. Unless they pay for you and you pay for them. And then they all. So expect to feel, at least I did, I felt a little uncomfortable, you know. Uh, but but it's something that I can say that I did. And and uh, and it was an experience. So it, I'll, we'll be posting some pictures of the uh, of the place and and the food and that's our first travelogue show hopefully uh, one of many uh, although I don't always go places that are particularly exciting I will be in Missoula Montana and I doubt that there will be <laughs> tomorrow I'm leaving for Missoula you'd have to do there. a lot probably a lot more footwork yeah. to track yeah, down exactly. the if food example, whatever you can find food like yeah. the other part would be a little probably tricky. Yeah. My next adventure is the Richmond, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the Confederacy, and Missoula, Montana. So uh, I don't know, <laughs> but but I, I, I we will be back. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be back on a regular schedule and uh, bringing you all kinds of fun, witty stories and food and herder and prostitutes and meatballs and all kinds sex of workers, stuff. Dario, sex, sex workers Dario sex workers oh god yeah I, I keep yeah it's like I said I keep calling them sand people and not Tuscan Raiders I've got to work on that too I am not a racist I'm not a racist not the slave one Dario oh god yes the Spitfire or whatever the fuck it's called now I don't know god uh, anyway, <laughs> I yeah. don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but there's, plenty <laughs> I don't other, care. there's plenty of other stories. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, uh, I'll close out with this. I did actually get thrown out of a uh, a titty bar in New Orleans called Big Daddy's, uh, where I met a, prost- a, a dancer by the name okay. of Jade, who said she was working her way through culinary school. She was dressed in a pair of Wonder Woman underoos, and she had a piece of yellow yarn for a magic lasso. And, and, and Dario was Ned, telling the truth. Yeah, me and my yeah, me and my friend Ned were horribly drunk. We had taken all the money <laughs> from the truth airplane. serum to begin with. <laughs> we had taken all the money from the airplane because we sold liquor back in those days. So we kept it all, and we had like two hundred dollars in ones and a bunch of fives. So needless to say. Jade was very popular. Uh, with she, Jade loved me because I kept putting in dollars and dollars. And one thing you never do at Big Daddy's in New Orleans is put a $5 bill in the garter belt and take out four ones. Uh, that is frowned upon. Cool things down, does it? Yeah, that gets you thrown out of the bar. And the kicker was after I ran out of money, I gave her a coupon for a free headset. On United Airlines and a free drink, <laughs> and next thing you know, we were escorted out of Big Daddy's. And I, want, and I and I wanted to say I've been thrown out of better places than this, but but I really couldn't because Big Daddy's wasn't that great. And I don't even think it's around anymore. So on that note, um, but you are laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, get the last laugh. There you go. On that Jokes note, on we'll, Big we'll, Daddy's. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for all the cards and letters. It was like, you know, like a miracle on 34th Street with them all it fucking was. piling up on the desk wondering where we were. But we're back. We are back. And uh, 
we will see you again soon. Unless you have any final notes on uh, red light districts. No. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Fuck you, Good big night. daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. Well, it's dog shit here, dog shit there. God dang dog shit everywhere. Got the Amsterdam dog shit blue. With the doo doo logs, got the Amsterdam dog shit blues. Man, oh man, you better check your shoes. Well, you don't want to smoke it, don't want to roll it. Why don't you get some doggy, some little doggy toilets? Got the Amsterdam dog shit blues. Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E. F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2 True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end space and the number two you can find two true freaks on facebook just search for two true freaks if you ever leave your house and you actually have friends why don't you tell them about two true freaks if you've enjoyed our show please won't you take a moment to rate us on itunes that helps others find the show too thanks for listening and join us every monday for new episodes of two true freaks And which would be Hans Spinkter. Yeah. Let me pour myself another little Swedish gin. And put some ice in it.